That's entirely accurate, yes. <laughs> so just on um, my immediate left is Sarah Gill, who's a grad school at AP, who still studies pop culture and gender theory for fun. When not at work in the nonprofit sector, they co-host this podcast with their wife and the homicidal house cat, who I'm actually really sad isn't here. No, it's really good he's not here. No, <laughs> you don't he, want him to be. <laughs> he, he doesn't travel well. I can show you videos later, though. <laughs> Are you good? good. If, you're, if you're gonna pass out from, from fear, just like aim away from the table. We don't want stitches <laughs> yeah, on I'm, your birthday weekend. I'm very nervous right now, guys. I'm basically the embodiment of that greyhound meme with the greyhound where it's wearing the vest that says nervous. That's and this, me and right this now. morning you were the dog in the fire. This is fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, hey, I'm Sarah. I'm Chloe. There's people here. This is fucking crazy. We don't know all of you either. No, so. we, we, didn't, we didn't badger all of you to be here, but so some of you, exciting. thank you for coming. Um, so this is, we normally do commentary on Xena. This is a little different um, because we don't want the festival to get sued <laughs> because of copyright issues. Um, so like they said, yeah, we start this podcast because we were having some beer and making fun of Xena. And we were like, this is actually funny when we're sober, so let's keep it going. Mm -hmm. And we, then we sort of uh, honed it a little bit and we're not completely loaded every time we no. record now and you know, have tried no. to make it a little more thought-provoking than more it coherent. was to start. But, uh, There's still a screaming cat, though. There's still a screaming cat quite often and that can't really be edited out because he always seems to scream while we're saying something really important. Yeah, he yeah. has impeccable timing. Um, so this format's a bit different. So we'll be showing clips and we'll be reacting to the clips and doing our usual 
usual bullshit. Um, but I think this is more of a discussion of Xena as the gateway gay in our lives. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of the, uh, it opens the queer floodgates for both it's of us. It's smacked in the I face think. with the gay from that one. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're gonna, uh, so it'll be Xena, Alex Danvers, I'm probably gonna cry, Gentleman Jack, you're definitely gonna cry. Um, yes. And then just, you know, general, general feministy queer talks. Yeah. Do you want to start? Because we actually have notes. Like. I, I will. So <laughs> basically, we've both been watching Xena since we were young teenagers. So back when it was on in the 90s. And I definitely did not realize that I was a lesbian in the 90s. Uh, <laughs> but I was really into Xena, like really into Xena. Hercules was on right after Xena every week. I did not care about Hercules. I didn't, Gee, really, I think about, didn't really think about why I didn't care about Hercules, <laughs> but I just did not care. It was the Xena hour and that was it. Um, <laughs> and so I watched it every week that it was on. And I remember when it got into the later seasons, um, my mom watching it with me, and it was sort of around the time that uh, Gabrielle became impregnated by the demon and had a baby. And Zena that's a legitimate was, thing we can say. That was the thing on a that podcast. actually happened yep. on the show. Real and, story. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot of strife, and I remember my mom asking me if they were lesbians or together. And well, they're not lesbians; they're bisexual. But for shorthand, we'll say they're gay for this, just yep. because it's easier. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a big asterisk you just put in there. But thank you. <laughs> But we totally acknowledge that they're bisexuals. But um, they, my mom asked me about that, and I was like, "Oh my God, no, I don't think so." And my mom did the same thing. And you know, and uh, scalp pals. Yeah. (laughs) Part of this was because every all the dialogue that I heard about, you know, people being gay or queer in the '90s was like with this really hushed tone, and it was bad. And I was like, "Okay, well." you know, that can't be it because this is bad, but I really enjoy this, and so, in, And oh in my a Catholic God. family, it was always like, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like but, I just, what do you mean? Well, you know. <laughs> you know. Wait, they do cocaine? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> Not that my parents are really homophobic or anything, but I remember back in the 90s being on a road trip with them and seeing two what they would call Bulldikes riding their motorcycle together. Uh, Which I want to watch that show. Yeah. <laughs> and they were kind of like, oh, ha, 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 look at them, holy shit, you know, sort of things. So they're really great now and really supportive, and I can't say a bad thing about them in that regard, but, you know, that was sort of every, every, everything that I saw represented was sort of met with that kind yeah, of and, attitude. And for my parents too, they were like, for love of God, you know, do not treat people differently if they're gay, if they're a different race, whatever. But when I came out, my mom's first reaction was never tell anybody. <laughs> and I was like, that's not really going to happen because look at this gay train wreck. Like everybody fucking knows. <laughs> um, like this is all my friends in high school are like, really? Oh my God. I can't even fucking pretend to be surprised. Thank you. I, um, she owes me $5 because I bet her like last week. So... <laughs> Um, but that was the thing, like my parents are very supportive, but I think that that level of came from um, A.K. Pretton being like that and um, just that fear of something happening to us. Yeah. But Clearly re- they've, they've evolved, they came to the wedding, they know we're married, they, yeah. <laughs> it's but all good. Regardless, I watched this show and like I said, I was super into it and I used to like dream that I was going on adventures with Xena and Gabrielle and I was like so... We were so trying to sound cool for like two seconds then you brought that I'm up. not cool. There's like, nobody thinks I'm cool, I'm like the least <laughs> cool person ever. Uh, but <laughs> I, what I really liked about it is that 
it was the show that really focused on however you saw it, their relationship. So I'm sure that some people just saw it as like them being really good gal pals, but um, that clearly wasn't the case. Uh, you know, th they were clearly lovers. Their relationship made them better people, not because they like set out to change one another because they thought they weren't great as they are, but just because their relationship, they learned from one another, they were each other's counterparts, counterpart, yeah. and um, th they remained each other, the most important person in each other's lives throughout the entire series, no matter what happened. Uh, like, even after Gabrielle lied, and then that lie led to the death of both of their children, which that's a pretty big freaking that's a pretty, deal. I don't know if I could get past that, honestly. I don't know, but they did with a lot of singing. Um, <laughs> again, again, a legitimate plot line. Yeah, there we're was gonna, an entire yeah. musical episode which involved an alternate universe which was like created solely to help them work out their shit. So, See, I hate uh, this episode so fucking much. I've blocked out all of it. <laughs> and every time you say something, I'm like, you could be bullshitting me right now because I don't remember a lot of this. All I remember is like Callisto in a weird hat. Yeah, I love this episode, <laughs> even though it's really painful and like Xena drags Gabrielle behind a horse and it's really awful. There's a lot there's a lot going on in this one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'll be a two-hour <laughs> podcast when we get to it. Yeah. So for sure. But you know, I, so when I watched this, what I wanted for my future basically was sort of um, relationships with women, however they looked, I wanted to prioritize women in my, yeah, I wanted to prioritize women in my life. Uh, even now, like, I have a few men that I really love, but most of my Some life. Some of them are here. Hi, guys. Yeah, hi. <laughs> <laughs> most of the people in my life are women or non-binary people, and um, yeah, so. And family is, is a big theme in the show, and. Chosen family. Chosen family, especially. And clearly, they were each other's chosen family. Joxer was part of that family, too. No, we're, we're not, not really talking about no, Joxer. No, I don't really like Joxer, but. Uh, <laughs> well, this will be a Joxer free podcast, hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, I think the part that really uh, solidified that, or one of the times, was the scene in which Xena indicates that Gabrielle is the father of her child. So what season basically. is this? Is it season. Five? Season five. Yeah. Zena, how did she get pregnant again? Uh, it was something Kalisto? to do with Callisto being an angel <laughs> and impregnating her, again, with like some sort of mystical impregnation yep. thing. A lot of Jesus myth going on with this. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you can say, you could. I could say anything about the show and it'd probably be true. Like, it probably yeah. happened at some point. I could Horse be discourse. making it up, but it Someone was still... Someone talked to Centaur. It happened. Yeah. yeah. It's there. It's all there. It's all there. <laughs> so <laughs> here, here's the cliff of, uh, as we call it, Dadriel. You, on the other hand, have been keeping yourself busy. How should know you're looking for a father? Yes. Oh? Well, somebody clearly got a job. Yeah, Gabrielle. I would pay to see that. <laughs> It's Gabrielle's little <laughs> smirk that really seals the deal yeah, for me. Yeah, Gabrielle's like, mm-hmm, bitch. It's so I good. Like <laughs> and Aries is gross as always. Aries is disgusting. Yeah, I mean, these two literally raise their children together. That's that's how it is. Yeah, yeah they definitely, they're definitely, I think, one of the healthier um, 90s TV relationships for de depicting a queer couple. Except for the thing with the horse. Uh, and almost throwing off a cliff. But yes, mostly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Help me out here, babe. <laughs> I just overlook that. I just choose to overlook it. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Compared to some of the 90s stuff, like, it is, like, the, the greater picture of 90s TV. I mean, y'all watch Friends, right? How shitty were the lesbians treated on Friends? They were the butt of every joke. And they were essentially just there. They were just there for comedy. There was no growth. They were side characters, sure, but there was no growth. There was no development. There was nothing. Um, and on NBC, it was 
them. It was, oh, wasn't George's fiance on Seinfeld a lesbian for a little while? I don't know. I, th I think. And then, Probably. And then okay. ER. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and then on ER, they had Carrie Weaver. And I have to give ER a little bit of credit because it was on it later at night and they could do a little bit more in terms of depicting relationships. But that wasn't handled super well. Like, Carrie was outed at work by her girlfriend who then d broke up with her. Um, her rel first relationship failed because she was so self loathing and, oh, this is the worst. This is tragedy. And like, everything in the 90s was like, lesbians are bad. Um, and then we get to Joss Whedon, who just doubled down on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just doubled down on that with Willow, uh, and he equated all of her magic skills to um, her queerness, and when she got too big and too powerful, um, it was bad. And it was just, she's, she's a lesbian, this is terrible, she's into black magic. Um, and then her girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, got her out of it, and then promptly got shot. Fuck you, Joss Whedon. Yeah. <laughs> she and got then, sh shot, and then Willow went... Willow went ballistic, and then went on this like rampage, and like flayed a guy, and I'm like, that's aggressive. Okay. It wasn't good, so I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I get, I get being mad, but like, fuck, he pulled his skin off. <laughs> um, and then, like... The, the, big, the big thing, I think for both of us in the 90s, that showed that being gay was bad was Ellen. She got fired for coming out. And I remember watching the episode thinking, like, this is huge. And then the next thing I heard was she's fired because she's gay. And I was or like, not well, fired, but the show tanks. I didn't know they fired yeah, her because of it. And so. I was just like, never going to come out. That's great. And now she's best friends with George Bush. Like, gross? No. It doesn't make me feel very good. She's like your old racist aunt who's like, I'm not a racist. I knew a black person once. I'm like, have some more wine, Karen. Shut up. <laughs> Hugely disappointing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and like obviously we won't disregard like what Ellen did. For no, she did a lot of good, like, but now she just needs a little more mm, shush. A little less uh, valuing the money and uh, Yeah. Remember yeah. where you came from. Yeah. Simba, remember where you came from. <laughs> um, and then oh queer as folk too. Like Yeah, so I used to watch Queer as Folk a lot and I used to watch it um, on my lap, on my computer at home, and I would dr dramatically close the window every time my parents walked by the room. Because this is when computer rooms were. This still was a, thing. a computer room. I had a computer room, and uh, yeah, I didn't want them to catch me watching this. But obviously, you're not going to see anything with them, really. Because <laughs> my God, their storyline sucked. The gay guys were obviously the focus of that show, but there were two lesbians. It was, I think, Melanie and Lindsay, and I just remember them being so dour all the time. Like, they were very unhappy. Like they were very unhappy. They were always cheating on one another, or something was happening and they were just very grumpy all the time and I was like, oh God, I don't really... I was like, is this my life? I have to have a child with somebody I hate? Oh, this is going to be terrible. This is, it's just <laughs> horrible. I just, I think they literally shot most of their scenes in like a gloomy apartment as well. Like it just didn't feel very good when they no. were on screen. No, and I, I, I kind of gave up on Queer as Folk after a while because I was like, because again, like all the media was just like, here's a lesbian, it's going to suck. Thanks. But then the L word came along and did nothing to make that better. <laughs> I mean, a little. Season, season one was good. Uh, yeah. Season one was good. How many times have we done the Marina voice? <laughs> Jenny, I've been, I've been thinking, thinking about you. you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that, it was, season one was good. Everything else after that, I was like, when it got super meta and like Mia Kirshner was on the phone talking to her agent in LA saying, I found this amazing housing kits. I'm like, oh, for what the fuck? <laughs> cool. All right. Cl clearly, you're just like writing your own life now, Eileen Chaikin. Just, yeah. Anyway, we were going back to going back to Buffy a little bit. So a big thing within sort of um, queer media is that there's the barrier gaze trope. So of course, Tara. Yep. Got T Tara and Willow reconciled the relationship, and immediately Tara got shot. And like it was pretty graphic. Like she got shot through the back, and her blood flew on Willow, and it was just like, 
completely unnecessary. For it was many really reasons. horrific. And uh, so, I mean, spoiler alert, but in Xena, Xena also does die, uh, which a lot of fans really aren't very happy about. For no, both episodes reasons. didn't happen for me. Well, yeah, they just did. <laughs> um, Lucy Lawless herself has been kind of like, oh shit, sorry, just please pretend that didn't happen because we didn't really know what we were doing with this episode. We just thought it was a good story. But the thing about that is at the very least, that kind of like sunk into the whole redemption arc aspect of her story. It wasn't for nothing. Like the whole series, apart from Xena and Gabrielle's relationship, was kind of about Xena's re redemption arc. Yeah. And so... And one thing I like about that, it's not Gabrielle saving her. No. It was, it was just their quest together. Their quest together. Um, but it sort of all culminates in this thing uh, with her being beheaded and her ex-girlfriend shows up as a ghost. And I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. But it kind of makes sense for the story. And, it's, and it, while, it's kind of, it's, while it's still really upsetting and plays into the trope, it's like at least this has come after these six seasons of like their relationship growing and like all these wonderful yeah. stories and everything. And it makes sense within the story. Yeah, I don't think this actually falls into the typical true barrier gaze trope, the way it has, because the trope is the lesbians suffer and have strife and it's terrible and then, and then they have their two seconds of happiness or like their one episode of happiness and then it's all fucked again. And for the most part, they're happy throughout the series together, minus the whole thing with the children and the, the singing horse and the, and the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, oh, that's gonna suck to uh, do. Yeah. So much. But, um, so we're just gonna show you this clip because I think it's like the most lesbianic clip in the history of television. So yeah, yeah, I think um, it is. this is, this is, the, this is what, um, what um, a lot of fans pretend that the show ends should we, on. Should we give a little bit of credit, like news? background on like who what the, what the like what the clip is because it's a poem yeah so it's um gabrielle's birthday in this in this episode and the whole thing is that xena has been trying to um bring gabrielle to a live sapo show because history happens all at once on xena um <laughs> uh, <laughs> like there's like everything is it doesn't matter what time it is it's xenologic it's before, we call it. it's all the same time um <laughs> and she fails but she manages to commission a poem from her can I show the picture first? Yeah, the, just show the picture. Because this is like the most heterosexual thing yeah. you can ever do. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of Sappho and friends, because, I mean, this, who doesn't just go out for brunch and then go eat out directly afterwards yeah, with their so best friends? <laughs> Much like Sappho, you know, Zena and Gabrielle's just gal yeah, just Because this is a totally heterosexual clip, yeah. which we're going to show yeah. you. Yeah, this is exactly how most of my straight friends spend their weekends, I'm sure. <laughs> God, the music. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and just like Xena's face throughout this whole thing, she's like a little puppy, a little lovesick puppy. <laughs> I mean, I have my reasons for Gabrielle doing this with her face, but I'm not gonna. Because <laughs> that's gonna happen. Love. 
I'm sorry, that that's like not reaction. even subtext. It's like not even. Okay, why can she fly again? Flying off into the sunset together. <laughs> and there we go, the show ends. <laughs> this is this is literally our favorite show. This is the bullshit we, we came to. Gonna, that I'm we've been screaming just, about for years just, on end. Just a reminder of how strange that was. Just gonna leave that there. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's that. That was yeah. Why was she flying again? What was that? Was that the Valkyries and the stuff and the? I don't know. I, I, I've I, been blackout drunk watching the later seasons, so I have no idea what's I, going on. <laughs> to be honest, I don't remember. There's I've seen this episode like seven times, and I still don't remember exactly why she has the helmet. I think you're usually crying too much at that point. So yeah. you're just kind of, like, everything is just gone, and you're just like a like, heap on the floor weeping about how I'll beautiful their love is. I'll just play that on loop. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was the like, early 2000s, and I was like, yeah, cool, we actually got some good representation. And then, like I said, the L word came and didn't really do a whole lot. Um, and but thankfully, I don't think they did the barrier gaze on the L word. I mean, they killed Jenny, but that's not a problem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I okay, mean, no, can I just say Eileen Chaikin was asked, she's like, Who killed Jenny? and she's like, I did. I'm like, Bitch, you wrote the show, we know that. Who actually killed her? <laughs> <laughs> the final season of that show is just so painful. Oh, it's just the worst. We're gonna hate watch that, aren't we? The, the new one? Yes, yes. we're going to hate we're watch gonna, the new absolutely, one. Absolutely, and we're going to hope that it's a little better. I mean, they uh, have uh, people uh, of color in it this time, which is nice. And maybe possibly a trans storyline that isn't as painful as Max's. That yeah. okay. Hopefully, that, that so would bad. be good. Um, yeah. And maybe they'll stop using the sepia filter for literally every fucking scene. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, in the, in the 2000s, we're still, we're still kind of stuck with that barrier gaze uh, thing. Um, and... The CW was kind of bad for it a couple of years ago. If, has anybody seen the show The 100? A few people? Okay, cool. Um, so they had, uh, I guess you call like a, like a warrior woman named Lexa, um, who was on the, on, the, on the earth, and then the space people came down. I don't really watch the show that much. I stopped because like. I stopped after this because it made yeah, me mad. Yeah, because I was mad. And she had a girlfriend named Clark, and it was like this like, kind of long, drawn out thing for them to get together. They got together. A lot of angst. A lot of angst, a lot of unnecessary angst. I have issues with the angst. Um, and then they had sex. I'm like, that was like, they didn't shower for months. That was probably really nasty. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then they, so they, again, drawn out angst, 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 pain, pain, pain. They had sex and then Lexa dies. Like literally 30 seconds later, she gets shot, shot. with an arrow or something and yeah. she dies. So <laughs> here's, here's the difference between Joss Whedon doing that uh, in the 90s and what's happening now. We have access to social media now and you want to believe the baby gays lost their shit. They had campaigns, they put up billboards, they basically bullied the showrunner off Twitter, which, fine, he deserved it. Um, and they started a convention called Clexicon based on this. So good job, baby gays, I appreciate that. Um, basically, their rage fueled this Yeah, this entire Like in a movement. convention that ended up being quite a big thing. It was a big thing for a few years, but it seems like now the original staff have left and there's, it's like turfs are running it now. And uh, they actually invited the guy who wrote the death scene to be a featured guest at the last convention. And I'm like, that doesn't seem It seems cool. very confusing to me. I don't really understand that. Maybe they had some sort of good reason. I, I don't know. know. Also, he was the guy slated to run Xena on NBC. And then I think NBC was like, You're, no one likes you right now. We're just gonna, we're just gonna take that back. Thanks. Yeah, I was very nervous about that. Yeah, but uh, it's not gonna happen. You know what I wanna see? Xena on Stars. 
I want to see Xena rebooted on stars with stars blood and nipples everywhere. No, and see so what I I like oh. it because it's wholesome. It's wholesome. It can still be wholesome <laughs> on stars. No, I know, but I like the original because it's wholesome and it sweet. It just be wholesome with more nipples. It's fine. Uh, no, it's just not right. No, it's just not right. Okay. All right. <laughs> and this is coming from someone who has watched a lot of Spartacus, which does have a lot of Lucy Lawless naked. But yeah. no, so okay. All right. <laughs> Anyway, speaking of uh, the CW, the one thing they're kind of doing right now after we've yelled at them for years um, is they're doing a bit more with uh, queer characters. Supergirl has uh, the first trans woman superhero, uh, the Dreamer. Uh, she is fantastic. Um, and then they have Alex Danvers. Um, I'm just gonna, <coughs> you know, let's quickly bring, yeah. yeah. That, that's Tyler Lee. <laughs> and that maniac in the middle is me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't stalk the set at all that day. And no, we didn't. We didn't do that. That's selfie. never something no. we would never do that. No. Totally chill. Did no. not shake like a leaf and almost throw up after that picture. No. Anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, when season two, when they moved to the CW, um, the big thing was Alex was coming out as a lesbian, and I'm like, well, the amount of plaid she wore in season one that completely makes sense. And even Kyler was like, yeah, the fans were like, you wore a lot of plaid. And, you know, of course you are. And she was like, I had no idea, but good, cool, good coding, good thing to know. <laughs> um, but one thing I appreciate about the storyline and, and Kyler specifically is that every interview I've seen her do or anything I've read her you know, talk about the, the plot line, um, she's very thankful for the community support and she wants to do well by us. She's very invested in feedback and um, when, when they broke up her and Maggie, that's a whole thing. I could do a whole podcast on just that. Um, mm -hmm. Sarah was very upset. And, <laughs> like quite upset. Like I don't okay, know how many times you've watched season two. It's <laughs> enough of you. <laughs> um, so when they when that happened, she she actually um, went on Twitter and just basically apologized on behalf of the writing staff and the sh terrible showrunner. <laughs> and it was just like we fought for this. We didn't want to do this. We, the, so the scenes where we're drinking, we're actually drinking because we could not handle this sober. Like it was very painful to get through. So someone that dedicated. To, um, to a character, to a storyline, to a couple, um, as a straight woman, eh, maybe not straight, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, 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 hair. it's hair. debatable. Yeah, it's a really she gay She has hair like you now. It's a little, I know. Yeah. It's possibly gayer than my hair. I think actually. it is actually, yes, yeah. which is very hard to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so she's, she's very invested and, and very thankful to the queer community, and she really strives to do well for us. Um, and that's basically why I started watching the show, because I have a huge crush on Kylie. <laughs> like, it's real bad. Um, and I was going to, so she comes out because she meets a, a cop named Maggie. And, like, the scene is, um, this president got blown up or something, or tried to get blown up. Um, and she's, like, trying to be all tough. FBI, Mary, away from my crime scene. And then she keeps running into Maggie, and she's like a little puppy, like, oh, she's my new best friend, oh my god. And like, who hasn't had that old friendship where you're like, oh, I don't know if that was just friends. Maybe I was in love with her. Cool. Moving on. <laughs> just me. Okay, cool. Definitely had those ones, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So at one point, she said, let's go for drinks. And Maggie's like, oh, I didn't realize you were into girls. And Alex is like, yeah, no, no not me. And then it's like, oh shit, hit in the face with the gay. I don't like. <laughs> I don't just like her as a friend. I think I'm actually um, in her as a romantic partner. So this is when Maggie has mentioned it. Sorry if I was too forward the other day. And this is Alex's realization and conversation with Maggie. My whole life has been about being perfect. Perfect grades, perfect job, being a perfect sister, taking care of Clara. 
literally that's their face all the time watching any any Alex scene, especially if it involves Maggie. <laughs> She's like, well, yeah, obviously. about that clip um, is that even though Maggie has said, you know, I'm pretty sure you're a big lesbian like I am, um, Alex can't actually say it yet, even though she knows now, like, this explains so much of, of your life. Like, she's like, I didn't like being intimate, which, you know, it, it can be hard to do if you don't even consider the other option. Like, women are an example. <laughs> like, uh -huh. I tried ladies. <laughs> um, and it's, and I like it because it is, it is honest and it is, like, coming out is a difficult thing and a lot of times when you're trying to do it it's hard to get the words out and the way they scripted this and the way that she's like the truth about what you said about me like that's the thing and she didn't even say the word gay it was just like you, you know what you said I'm just gonna yeah. yeah keep drinking I'm gonna leave and probably get drunk myself yeah so I mean we're really happy to see sort of more explicit discussions of this kind of thing that are actually healthy and you know have minimal angst it, you know for this she's a little bit angsty but pretty much within the next two episodes like everyone supports her and she's she's yep. okay and she realizes that she's going to be okay and w w part of the reason we showed you these other Xena clips is because well like they're pretty I mean I, I don't I know some people didn't get it but I don't really know how you can read those clips yeah. as yeah. anything but really gay and I, I really appreciate <laughs> I, I appreciate that even though they couldn't, you know, have this kind of conversation on the show, even in the 90s, early 2000s, they did everything they possibly could do to subvert the censors and kind of have this same sort of uh, message get across. Yes. And so it's just, it's, we feel like stuff like this is kind of like a progression of what Xena managed to do. Yeah, Xena was a good starting point for a lot of stuff. And like I said, because they did kind of push the boundary with the censors and, and do a lot of stuff under the radar. And the amount of times they referred to Gabrielle as like her girlfriend. Or, or soulmate, like, soulmate, specifically. But too. it was always side characters. They never said it about each other. Because Aries always like, oh, your girlfriend's over there. And she's no, like, they did oh. say it about each other oh, a couple did? of times, yeah. But often other people it was mostly would, other would be like, oh, your girlfriend or your soulmate. Or yeah, and they'd be like, yeah, okay, thanks. Um, so uh. they, they started it and pushed the boundaries. Um, and I like when looking at Alex and Maggie and now Alex and Kelly, there's not a whole lot of difference except that it's, a, it's more explicit because we've come a bit further and we can actually show queer romance on the screen and not have it super sanitized. Though I'll say that um, 
Xena and Gabrielle's relationship was possibly more well-developed by quite a lot than the ones in Supergirl. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, like that's not even a question. <laughs> Particularly Alex and Maggie were not, so. Yeah, but that was the fault of the showrunner who wanted to self-insert character to fuck Supergirl. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, true. And then they fired him, so. Yeah. For being that. creepy and disgusting, as yeah. most men in Hollywood tend to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so this is why I started watching Supergirl, um, and it was, it was great. I was like, you know, the warm, fuzzy feelings of, oh, this is cool, and I like it too because Alex is, Kyler's my age, like, but she's playing 29 year old girl. Your genes are amazing, and also the makeup team is probably really good. Um, but it's 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 nice to see like an older queer character on screen because um, usually it's like teen angst coming out drama and like oh my parents are going to reject me. It's like just to have this like someone older realizing it, coming to terms with it, mm -hmm. and and starting their life who, as who they should be. It's it's nice to see, um, and you know it's nice to have them not be shot all the time and killed and at the hands of terrible writers, Jordan Hall, I'm looking at you and your terrible season two of Carmilla. I'm still mad about that. There's <laughs> <laughs> a web series about a vampire. It's based on the novella. Season two was just trash. So yeah, yesterday during your panel when I said I cut things out because you get a two bit, a two, a too feisty sometimes. It's, oh, I it's, definitely it's went like, off about Carmilla way too long one stuff time. Stuff like this, but you know, more. <laughs> so. A lot more swearing, a lot more personal insults. <laughs> yeah. And um, what I noticed about this, things like some of the stuff that's being shot now is, it's a little bit, I mean, I idealistic in its portrayal in the sense that, you know, Alex literally faces no kind of strife or resistance to being gay. Um, no one is ever displeased with her about that. And I actually kind of appreciate it a little bit, and I was reading an interview with um, David Levy um, from Schitt's Creek, who said that he- Daniel Levy? Or, yeah, sorry, Daniel Levy, who, um, you know, made his relationship on the show with his boyfriend and the fact that he's pansexual sort of the same way. Everybody's just totally cool with it, even though they're out in this little small town. And he said he did that on purpose just because, you know, he's tired of all this, tired of all the angst and just wants to show something that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> also, hire more gays to write your shows if you're going to have a gay character. Like, we know our stuff better than most yeah. gay people probably do, so maybe and just hire one or two. And so I'm... Hire a gay consultant. <laughs> I'll be the gay consultant. Hire, hi, I'm up for hire. I'm the gay for hire. <laughs> so I kind of appreciate it. I just, you know, things need to exist that give people hope yeah. instead of just being depressing all the time, even if it's maybe not 100% realistic. Yeah, and that's, I think that's... Yeah. yeah, and speaking of realistic, uh, the next one is the thirsting hour is upon us because now you're going to talk about Gentleman Jack, <laughs> <laughs> which is based on a real character, real person, I suppose. Yeah. So um, another thing that I haven't been able to shut up about for like she has not months and months, like Jill can really this is all to I this. Can, this is all I hear about. Uh, <laughs> I posted about it online. I keep talking about it to everyone who listened to me. Um, I'm pretty sure the cat even knows the theme song at this point. He's heard it so many fucking times. And I didn't even know who Ann Lister was prior to the show. I have to be totally honest You've lost five gay points. I, I don't seem to be the only one. So, <laughs> but <laughs> Anyway, Ann Lister was a 19th century landowner uh, and a businesswoman and also a big old lesbian. And um, In that order, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she kept a really detailed journal about all of her exploits, uh, like, you know, more boring stuff about business. Say, say the line, say the line that's so famous. 
the one that you keep saying to me. I'm like, that is a horrifying way to say she's fucking somebody. <laughs> oh yeah, so she, yeah, there's a, the, she likes to write about how she's um, grubbled women really well. Grubbled. Um, but <laughs> let's, let's not bring that back. That's it's not a very sexy term, um, <laughs> I don't think, but she wrote it, all the sort of racy stuff in code and then someone decoded it a while ago and then, uh, they turned it into a TV show, which stars Saran Jones, who is amazing. She's in some other stuff. I watched everything else, but she's in a <laughs> started Gentleman Jack, and, Jack <laughs> and then you went down the Netflix spiral. Of, I, I would just come home from work, and there'd be like another Saran Jones show. And he, like, where are you finding these? Like, did you buy a subscription to BBC? What the fuck? <laughs> I, I marathoned Scott and Bailey. I marathoned Dr. Foster, even though it was depressing as hell. Um, touch, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's really depressing. Touch uh, of Cloth, you made me watch that when I was really high one night. That was wild. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, that's very silly. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it, there is a bit of angst in the show because obviously it's like set in 1830s and she's a lesbian. And, uh, and they were treated very well. It's based on stuff that actually happened with, and her story with her, Wife? the woman she eventually married, there's a plaque somewhere. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this, the woman who's about to be her wife is, she, they get broken up for a while because she has this breakdown because obviously she's worried about how people are going to see her if she's with, and even though they're, you know, they, she said, oh, we can just pretend to be respectable ladies, you know, yeah. whatever, who just live together because that happens all the time. Anyway. Yeah, maybe we uh, call those Boston marriages. <laughs> yeah, but what I really appreciate is that at the end of the season, of the first season, they get reunited and it's the most like what you would depict to be the most like stereotypical like sweeping like heterosexual rom-com moment ever your it's, notes in this are all caps like you're very calm I, based on what the yes <laughs> the all caps notes they're saying. literally all caps this last bit here um but they end up on top of this hill and they see each other from across the way and it's like oh my god and then they reunite and um, it ends with them having this big kiss on the middle of this hill and the camera spins around and we're going to show it anyway, the sweeping music. And I just love that, you know, we don't normally get that, that sort of like really... The dorky, stupid, like, like rom dramatic reunion thing. Moment. And it's, I, it's basically, it's like, it's straight content, but it's gay. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, is the, so, this is the straight, the, uh, the straight treatment that every other show gets and then we finally got it. I freaking love it. With Ann Lister and her terrible hair. Can yeah, I I've, she doesn't. She has better hair in this clip, though. It's down. It's it's not oh, in the okay. little rolls. Um, <laughs> can, I, can I play the clip? Uh, yeah. Now? yeah. <laughs> I'm in love with you. I always have been. Don't hurt me. Not as strong as you think. Well, I don't know what you speak. <laughs> Sometimes I'm Played more of that. She's crying again. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No. <laughs> I've watched that scene. You have a type. Holy fuck. I do. You really have a type. This I, is hilarious. I do. <laughs> 
every character you thirst over. I'm like, oh, it's just some incarnation of that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know you try and argue, like, yeah, exactly, mm, yes, correct. Yes, middle-aged lesbians who know who they're about, <laughs> basically. <laughs> You win that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I really, I really just appreciate how like blatant and like cheesy that is. And oh I, yeah. And I, you know, I Zena and Gabrielle are my main ship forever. Um, <laughs> and oh like yeah. I said, they <laughs> they did accomplish so much on the show, and they actually kissed a whole bunch of times, but it was usually under the guise of it being like a water transfer or they're transferring ambrosia, life-saving ambrosia. Yeah, which Gabrielle had to literally put in her mouth first and then put in Zena's mouth. I'm like, you have two hands. I don't. <laughs> they clearly work because you're like shredding it and shoving it in your face. But and then, instead like, she basically had to feed her like, like a little baby mama bird. Mama birding it into yeah. Zena's mouth. I'm like, okay. And there's one kiss. Which is actually sexier than it sounds, trust me. <laughs> and there's one kiss which is actually sort of a kiss, but it's still like for a reason. It's like... Uh, Gab- there's basically a Sleeping Beauty moment, and Gabrielle's asleep and, and like surrounded by fire, and only her soulmate can come and give her a kiss and free her. And it turns out, oh my God, it's Zena. Why didn't you bring that clip in? <laughs> <laughs> but my point is that most of the kisses were like shrouded in something else, including this one that we're going to show you, which um, is the one in which Zena is dead, um, but her spirit- one of the times she's dead. One of the times she's dead, but her spirit is in Autolycus played by Bruce Campbell. And uh, this happens. Because that's, that's t- yeah, again, yeah. this is a real show that we watched. It's, it's an actual show. Not sure why he has to talk Close like that. The great CGI too. I know. <laughs> Completely heterosexual reaction. that ambrosia. <laughs> so like they can't actually kiss right on the lips, but the obvious, it's obviously them kissing. It's not her and Nicotolicus. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I hope you two work things out. <laughs> <laughs> this is season two, by the way. This is like really odd. Zena's jealous. <laughs> Zena's very jealous. And you want to see you want to see a baby gay have a fucking meltdown? Me watching that when I was like 13, I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh my god, this is amazing. No one can know I'm watching this show because I'll know I'm gay too. <laughs> and oh no. What? And oh no. No, can't do no. that. No. No nuns. No nuns. None. <laughs> um, so I think that's all the clips we really have. Yeah, and so like everything we've shown you, Zena was pretty revolutionary. Uh, 
in a time when you couldn't get away with a lot of really explicit stuff and yeah. not necessarily explicit in like a sexy way, just in a acknowledging their relationship as for what it is sort of way. And, you know, also this was a show that was like on in the middle of the afternoon and like a lot of young people watched it. So the fact that this is something that the young people could sort of see and maybe could think like me and think, okay, well, maybe this is something that I could strive for maybe without all the demons and the... And God in, like interference and, and sleeping on the ground, centaurs and, and yeah, all this stuff. <laughs> you know? And we can shower once in a while because they clearly, you know, where did where did they shower in ancient Greece? That's a lot of leather. It's gonna get real hot. Like that's the cheap know, thing. I don't know. dip in a pond, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, that there was that one bath scene. <laughs> There's a lot of bath scenes. A oh, lot of. All right. I'm sorry. So I meant to refer to the first one. <laughs> There's like 17 clips of them bathing <coughs> together rather sensually. I like how you have an actual <laughs> number in your head. <laughs> Perf. Uh, anyway, my point is that obviously the fact that we're still talking about it now in 2019 when yeah. it, you know, it debuted in like 1995 or whatever it is, shows its impact. Like yeah. we obviously have pretty strong feelings about the show or we would not be talking about it. We would not have been doing this podcast for almost three years at this point. You know, yeah. and be intending to keep going on because we can still talk about it so much. Yeah. Um, oh, well, the one thing I like too is that, um, yeah, it was on in the afternoons, and yes, it was aimed at like a teenage kind of audience, but the lesbian bars around here, actually, I think our friend who ran a lesbian bar would play it on weekends to get people in. And she's like, oh, yeah, I know that show. All, you, all the old dykes would come in and do the yell and get drunk and get rowdy. I'm like, cool. <laughs> we missed our time out here. Fuck. <laughs> we were a few years too late, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> And there's still an audience for it. Uh, I mean... Are you going to tell them about the, the thing? What thing? The thing we're going to? Oh, yeah, so... they already know we're not cool, so this is just going to... Yeah, be no, we're not cool. Even though it's, like, grossly expensive, we got the gold pass for the um, 25th anniversary reunion convention in Los Angeles. Um, and uh, we already have our photo op tickets with Lucy Lewis and Renee O'Connor, and I'm probably just going to like turn. I I, I don't know. That I don't I'm think you're going gonna to actually survive it. I, I don't think know. I'm going to have to like. I bring, might just like, a die crash after card. that. You know, there'll be a picture of me, but that will be the last photo of me. It'll ever be Lucy Lewis like, like picking you up off the afterwards. ground. Yeah. <laughs> the ambulance being called. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, please, I'm about to get the travel insurance yeah. filled up if, yeah. if we're going, because I don't think you will survive this. Yeah, <laughs> but it seems to be like a pretty big deal when I bought this tickets I waited a bit and all the, the majority of the good seats were sold out unfortunately so uh all the old rich lesbians coming in for this I don't, I don't know <laughs> I don't know who it's gonna be uh and also like I started talking about Xena on tumblr.com before we started doing the podcast oh, I like how you say tumblr.com <laughs> <laughs> And I made a lot of like Xena gifts, and um, they were really popular. <laughs> when I was stressed you're, you're out, you're Xena fandom famous. I know. When I was stressed out, I would just sit there and like methodically make these gifts, and it was like a soothing thing for me. And then I would have my creation afterwards. I don't know. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't bring in that epic post. <laughs> it's like it's literally like that much text about why is it, and most of it's in, in caps, and you're just screaming yeah, about I it. Yeah, I wrote part of what I said in this is from my post that I made on there several years ago, which was just called Why Xena Warrior Princess is Important. <laughs> Again, I'm really cool. We should write a book. <laughs> we should really write a book. <laughs> and just call it Why Xena Warrior Princess is Important. I think so. From Tumblr.com. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think this, this is kind of like the, the crux of, of everything we've said, is that Xena started a lot of stuff, and while it wasn't perfect, it did what it could 
Um, and we, like, while things have gotten better, um, there's still room to improve and grow and do better. Um, and I'm hoping that you know things keep on this upward trend of, of doing better and being better and having more visibility in, in mainstream media. Mm -hmm. And when it's, you know, hopefully at some point it won't be, we don't have to like count how many queer characters there are Yeah, because it's like, like the year-end roundup of how many gays were on TV and how many were killed. <laughs> I mean, it's getting better, so that's good. <laughs> I think it's like, like a record year. Yeah, we're, we're, in, a, we're in a good year this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's that's it. I think, uh, so. I think we have like five minutes left. If anybody Ten has minutes. any questions or not, let's go. Yeah. Sometimes, occasionally they do. Yeah. Often, yes. <laughs> Yeah, season so to get someone into Xena, I wouldn't say start with season one, because season one kind of, it's a little dry and awkward, and I think they're finding their footing. I'd say start with season two, like maybe. I usually recommend, especially if it's a queer person, I recommend once again, once again. One against an one army? One against an army, because it kind of has everything that Xena has to offer. It has sort of the drama, the like schmoofy gay stuff. It has, uh, you, you know, know, and it know, does you know have a bit of camp. I mean, she defeats an entire army yeah. by herself just by like you know swinging around the You know what they say about that one? Yeah. You could say that episode yeah. has the power and the passion. But you're never going to get a Xena episode that's completely bereft of camp. That's just not... No, it's by nature. So it's a campy show. I think that one, I've showed that one to a lot of people to varying degrees of success, but... Some of the yeah. Amazon ones are pretty good, too. Yeah. Um, oh, the one with... Um, uh, where Gabrielle becomes the Amazon queen. Those ones are, that's a good arc. Mm -hmm. And like, there's more, like it's campy and there's weird Amazon dancing with possibly cultural appropriative headdresses. Um, but the storyline itself is quite good. Yeah, and um, just, you know, with what you're saying, one of the things that we appreciate so much about the show is that it is, the tonal shifts are so wild. Like there can be really heavy episodes and then the next one is a musical. Is, you know, where they're singing sisters are doing it for themselves. Like, it's just... That's a little thing that happened. It's an actual, again, thing that happened. This is a different musical episode from the one that we were referencing before, though, too. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, and that's one of the things I like about Xena for the camp and the, and the hilarity is, like, they'll have this huge block of heavy episodes and then something completely ridiculous. Or if it starts the season kind of light and airy and you get something completely off-the-wall bonkers, you're like, oh, fuck, I'm going to be in pain for the next month. Yeah. And that's usually how it happened. And, you know, that's where we get the horse dragging and the fire demon impregnating and, yeah. Yeah. I love that I can say these things in a room full of people and we're like, yes, I know that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? <coughs> Um, I don't uh, think it should be done. So it's hard to kind of capture that spirit. I mean, yeah, I, initially I was sort of into the idea because I, you know, I want more Xena and Gabrielle content, obviously, but for me, the, uh, the show was really was like Lucy and Renee and their chemistry and all that. And it was such a quintessentially 90s like fantasy show that doesn't really exist in the same way anymore, I don't think. And it had, and like I said, it was pretty wholesome, you know. I could do with a little less wholesome, but that's just me. I know, but if it's make, being made now, it's probably, I don't know that it would have like the same sort of feel. I don't know. No, it was very much of its time, and the actor's chemistry played into it so much. I don't know if you could actually recreate that and recreate it well. 
Um, but I mean, I, if someone can prove me wrong, I'd love to see, you know, an attempt made. Yeah, I'd give it a shot if it aired because of course I'd have to, but. I think you're legally yeah. obliged at this point. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see Katie McGrath as Xena. We've seen her throw some swords around and. She's really good, but I just can't picture anybody but Lucy. I know. Nobody works for me. I'm also just saying Katie McGrath because Katie McGrath. I mean, she's great. Lena yeah. Luther, if you watch Supergirl, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would prefer to see, right? You know. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had this conversation, and I've said like they could do a movie. They can retcon anything into the stupid show. Like Xena died seventeen times. She's met Jesus and um, Caesar. Caesar at the exact same time, and I'm like on the same day probably. Yeah. And, uh, on, the, on the same day, she went to the Kingdom of Chin to kill the Green Dragon. All yeah. Yeah, she probably had lunch plans with one, and then dinner plans with yeah. the next one. In the same exactly. Day, yeah, exactly. Um, so they could retcon something in, like, oh, Gabrielle just found some mystic in the woods and was like, oh, here's a head, build a body, let's go. And then they just did, so Xena's back. I mean, and Lucy Lawless still does lots of things that involve action, obviously. There's, like, body doubles and stuff, but that's what those people are for, so. I think it's yeah. mostly that Renee is very engrossed in the very tiny theater scene in Texas where she's living. So. You know, good for her. <laughs> whatever, whatever yeah. she wants to do, that's cool. I would just like the movie, though. Yeah. I would love a movie, yeah. And make it real gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we could definitely yeah we'll just start that petition going around. <laughs> Present it to Lucy. Get her to sign it so she's like contractually obligated. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Not paying attention. No, it's just, just, sign. It's just, just a sign piece right of paper. here. Just there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, she's in. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else? Cool. Well, thank you, thank you for coming, and thank you for listening to our nonsense, and thank you for the, the festival for letting us do this. This is wild. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> we pitched it, and then didn't imagine it would actually happen, and then it did. Oh yeah, I was like, they're not going to pick us. <laughs> they heard a voice. They picked us. <laughs> and then I was like, ah, fuck! I got to prepare shit and like act like a grown up. I didn't act like a grown up. <laughs> anyway, yes. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks very much, and uh, thanks to the festival.